the next one. This is a good one for back to Google Analytics. Bounce rate. Yep. So that would be the amount of people that landed on your page and either stayed on and carried on throughout your website or left straight away. So So if they leave, it's considered a bounce. Yeah. And then the higher that bounce rate, the worse off, I guess. (laughs) Not always. So in general terms, I guess you don't want to have a huge bounce rate. I think. But it's usually pretty high. The average is pretty high. Well, I think, look, it's so, to, to do a massive generalization, if your bounce rate is under 50%, I think you're doing really well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the Digital Marketing Wingman Podcast, the podcast where we bring you helpful tips and advice on websites, Google, and social media. Welcome, everybody, to the Digital Marketing Wingman podcast, episode number six now. We had a little bit of a break. Uh, we had Easter holidays, so we missed out then, and then I was a bit crook the following week. So we've had a two-week break, but we're back into it. We weren't sick of it or disappearing anytime soon, so that's good. Uh, and I've got Nicholas Katsambiris with me again this week. Hello, all. And it's a horrible day in Geelong today, actually. It's raining and it's coming under our doors and windows. And, and I'm sick, so enjoy my and, nasally voice. Yeah, apologies for Nick's, <laughs> Nick's voice. Um, we, uh, we had a great podcast last time with Kerry Bennett from Yellow Door Digital. Yep. Uh, it was really good talking about social media and strategy. Um, yeah, really good podcast. So if you, if you missed that one, jump on board. Um, you can, of course, hear all of our podcasts on the Pixel website. Uh, hopefully all things going well you get to see the video of it on youtube it's also on spotify and itunes so ideally we'd like you to listen to it on itunes subscribe and if you really like the content it'd be great if you could leave us a review because we're trying to get this podcast up and running and off the ground and out there to the masses um so nick any any latest news in the marketing website world what's been Uh, happening lately not so much a website but there was an issue with google last month where they lost two weeks of data for a lot of people's analytics so their google analytics data for their websites data has lost every single point that they could capture oh okay didn't capture for two weeks so Yes. How many is that? That's not everyone, or is it just certain sites, or it's completely random. Random. So, yeah. So some people might see a reduction in their stats for those two weeks. Yeah, right. So if it looks abnormal, abnormally yeah. like you've had a dip. Um, Fingers yeah. crossed. It was just. Hopefully, that. it was just that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I noticed that Google's had some issues with uh, Gmail lately. Yeah. All sorts of email sending problems, calendar issues I've had recently. Yeah. It's not like them to have those kind of issues, but. No. Seems to be happening a bit. And I think a few weeks ago, they had uh, an issue where I think 20% of sites just dropped off the face of the earth of Which Google search. Huge, huge. <laughs> um, so if your site just disappeared for a couple of days, that was it. And yep. um, they, I think they came, Google came out and said they'd solved the problem, but they hadn't. And, and mm. it went on for quite a number of days after that. And It looks like it's sorted now, though. All sorted Everyone now, I believe. Yeah. So I noticed that we do a little bit of research on our competitors from time to time. And I noticed that some of our competitors would, had dropped off uh, the face of the earth. So luckily we weren't and, one of them. And we were pretty happy about it, but then they all came <laughs> back up again. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> all right. So for this podcast, um, we're going to go through some marketing terms. We're going to be your dictionary on some terms that you may or may not have heard in the marketing business world um, and try and give you a bit of a brief explanation. We'll try and get through as many as we can without going on for too long. 
Um, but yeah, these are these are things that you might hear if you ever use a marketing agency or um, speaking to colleagues that um, you might pretend that you understand what they mean, yep. but, you, but you, uh, you just sit there in silence and nod. Uh, so let's let's kick things off. Uh, it's in alphabetical order, by the way, uh, with A-B testing. What's A-B testing, Nicholas? Uh, A-B testing, very common to do uh, with email marketing campaigns. So you might send out uh, 50% of your emails with a, a catchy title or some type of salesy title. Yeah. And then you might send out the other 50 cent uh, 50% with another title and mm-hmm. then see how those compare in terms of engagement and click through and yeah, all the other metrics that you track from day to day. And it could be anything. It could be uh, an image. It could be the color of the title. It could be the discount or the coupon amount for the yep. sale. There's a hundred different things that you can do and then you can just test that over a few weeks and... Now, we could probably do a whole podcast on A-B testing. Yeah, I I feel like I could just keep going on because that just branches out to websites and stuff as well. It is, yeah. But the theory with A-B testing is that you you test small things so that it's a nice confined test. If you tested too many different variables in the one test... You don't really know what. You might what, test the color the reason of a button why. for two weeks. Yeah, and su- subtle and little see things. What button performs better. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, next term: analytics. What are analytics? Uh, so probably the most popular would be Google Analytics. Uh, yep. So that's just a way for you to track all the different data points that you're able to track. So, for example, with Google Analytics, that'll be on your website. And you can track a million different points. Which Behavior. Could, could probably be another podcast again, but... Pages, time how, on page. Yeah, time on page, how long they're, they're on the page for, when they go to different pages. Yeah, and the intent is to basically use that data to extract some sort of meaningful um, reason or, or objective for your marketing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, application programming interface or api yeah so that is a way for a service so a website to uh, talk or integrate with another application so you might have your uh, newsletter subscription through mailchimp and you can hook into their api and automatically sync your email addresses to your mailchimp account now a lot of people in its simplest form a lot of people get the, uh, mistaken and they think that oh there's an API it's an easy integration an API is really just a mechanism but someone still has to actually hook the API up to yeah. something so and every API is different there's no like standard way to do it no. so so it's not the translator the API actually is not the translator it just means that it's capable of being well, translated the data's there but someone needs to do it connect to it and yeah. read to and from it so don't get don't get confused by that there's like a lot of plugins or you might need custom code to actually use an API yeah alright some easy ones now B2B business to business so that is any uh, marketing where you're selling from one business to another to another business that's like yeah. us I suppose we're dealing with, with business clients yeah. where we build web- websites for yep. B2C uh, consumer to business or business to consumer. Yeah. So Nike selling shoes, for example, to consumers. More retail situations, yeah. end users. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, blogging. Uh, so that would just be a normal blog. So you might um, you might just want to start up a website and blog about your day-to-day things that you do throughout your day or your holiday or things like that. Can a business have a blog? Yep. That would be business blogging. Business blogging. <laughs> so... Uh, some people like to name. They don't like the name blog because no. it infers something very casual or yeah. um, storytelling, or which not, is what it pro- used to be. Maybe 
10 years ago, but not anymore. I guess the terms now, yeah, fairly broad, but it's basically just a chronological feed of news. Or updates or anything. Yeah. People call it news, they call it... Um, Insights, re- articles, yeah, uh, heaps of different things. So it can be anything like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Like it's a critical part of, of anyone's marketing, really, yeah. is that they have some form of blog or news feed yeah. on their website. Okay. Uh, bottom of the funnel. We're getting into funnels now. What's the bottom of the funnel? So actually, let's start, let's take it back a bit. What's a funnel? <laughs> What's a marketing funnel? What's well, a marketing funnel? A funnel is well, we'll just do a website for example. So you might have a funnel page that you've set up, yep. uh, which at the end of the funnel you want to get someone to click on something, whether that be to inquire about a service or to buy a product. Sure. So a funnel. A f- I might I might expand on that. a funnel has multiple steps, I suppose. Yeah. And at the very top, when someone first interacts with your marketing or your business, that's called the top of the funnel. Yeah. And it's as broadly appealing as possible, very wide, uh, get as many people in with a very low level offer or hook to mm. encourage them to progress further. Um, but the bottom of the funnel is right at the end when they're just about to decide to buy that big thing that, they, that you want them to buy through your website or through your business. Yeah. And there won't be as many people that do that there won't be as many people in your bottom of your funnel as there is at the top of your funnel so that's the whole idea of a funnel is that you narrow it down to the users that are actually going to buy from you yeah all right Uh, the next one this is a good one for back to Google Analytics bounce rate yep so that would be the amount of people that landed on your page and either stayed on and carried on throughout your website or left straight away so so if they leave it's considered a bounce yeah and then the higher that bounce rate the worse off i guess <laughs> your website. not always so in general terms i guess you don't want to have a huge bounce rate i no. think, I think but it's this- usually pretty high the average is pretty high well i think look it's so to, to do a massive generalization if your bounce rate is under 50 percent, i think you're doing really well oh, yeah yeah um but it's actually acceptable. There are cases where you would expect users to bounce. For example, if you're promoting your blog a lot, lots of people might already know your brand, have already been to your website, but they visit your blog page because you links to it on social media and they would expect to leave straight away. They're not always going to browse onto multiple pages. So just no, be aware that... They might just skim through it and then leave straight away. Absolutely. Yeah. So single purpose visits, they're going to they're be considered a bounce, not necessarily bad. Yeah. Um, so use that data uh, cautiously. All right, what's a buyer persona? Oh, look, I've never really done one. Maybe you want to go into it a bit more. Oh, so, okay, so buyer persona is your, your ideal customer, your ideal client, um, but you're getting really specific. So you don't just say my target audience uh, are people that like shoes. You say my, my ideal customer is Nick, who likes to go for runs on Saturday mornings um, with his family and he um, is aged 33 and... 32, mate. 32, my bad, my bad. Uh, and likes shoes that have technology in them. Yeah. And they're getting really specific, but it's, a, it's an actual person. You could draw a picture of this person or have a photo of this person so that when you're actually creating your marketing uh, strategies or, 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 or um, and implementing any sort of campaign, you actually think of that specific person and create it for them. So that's a buyer persona. All right, moving on. <clears throat> call to action. Uh, yep, call to action. So we probably talk about this quite a lot. Lot. Um, so this is something that you want someone to do. So 
there might be a call to action on a website where uh, you want someone to go and do something, which is almost like the bottom of the funnel. <laughs> yeah. So it's very direct, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's, it's not, not mucking around. You're Buy not- this now, $2.99. Click here. And all... Well, almost all instances of your marketing should have some form of call to action, shouldn't they? At the end of the day, yeah. you, you might have something that's trying to persuade or educate your customers or potential customers. But at the end of the day, you've got to tell them what you want them to do. Yeah. Otherwise, they're not likely to do or less likely to do it. Yeah. And even if it's a blog, you might just have share this now. Like that's yeah. a call to action. Very read it, it's yep. engaging. Share it. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, what's churn rate? Um, I'm, I'm fairly familiar with churn rate. Because I, uh, I only really know it in the subscription sense. So you go. Oh, in a script, well, it would be the same as that. But yeah, yeah, as a business owner, I guess the churn rate is really just measuring how often customers leave you um, versus you know you're acquiring customers all the time. People look at their sales, but how often are they leaving? Mm. Um, and I guess you ideally you want to retain as many customers as possible, so you want a low churn rate. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, another analytics term. Click-through rate. Yeah, so I guess the higher is probably uh, means that your website's more engaging or your content's more engaging. So that is how many people will maybe land on your homepage and then click through to your service page or your secondary page and then click through to another page on your website and continue clicking through. So yeah. yeah. So just just a percentage of, of how many people are actually clicking through. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Uh conversion path far away so a conversion path you might look at okay a customer bought on a certain page but what did they actually do to get to that certain page where did they enter how many other pages on your website or even all of your marketing channels how many times did they interact with your business before they actually converted so that's what a conversion path is uh cms What's a CMS? Uh, it is a content management system. So we use WordPress as our content management system. Yep, the best. The best. Can't argue with, argue with us otherwise. No, but I guess you'd probably know some other ones, some more mainstream ones like Shopify, Squarespace. They're all CMSs. Joomla. Yeah. And there's heaps of proprietary ones out there. Um, but WordPress is the most adopted a third of the web, I think, maybe yep. more than that now. Yeah, maybe a squeeze um, more. But it's just so that you can easily update the content on your website uh, and that you don't have to necessarily um, build out HTML. Or know any code. Know yeah. any code, yeah. Some are very complicated now and you can be very, um, there's a lot of options and detail and you can actually structure pages yourself. But the core concept is that you can more easily create pages and content yeah. and manage your data. Okay. Uh, conversion rate far away conversion rate is uh, the number of people in or the number of people that actually bought something from you divided by the number of people that came in the door so if I have 100 people visit my website and 7 of them bought something I've got a 7% conversion rate Um yeah, and that leads on to the next one, which is conversion rate optimization. And that's just the task of increasing that. So working on things on your website that would more likely, or get people to, to more likely purchase something to convert. Uh, and leading on from that, cost per lead. So a cost per lead is working out how much am I spending on my marketing and how many leads did I get? So if I spent $1,000 on my marketing, 
and I got five leads, I know that it's costing me $200 per lead. So that's my cost per lead. It's important to know what your cost per lead is. And that's what we try to do for all of our clients because you can't work out whether, you're, whether your marketing is effective or worthwhile unless you know what your cost per lead is and you should know what you're willing to pay per lead. Mm. Um, and you should do that at the start. You really should map that out. Now, you always want to pay the least amount per lead, but um, working out, I guess, maybe what your maximum cost, what you're willing to spend the most, sorry, the most you're willing to spend on a lead, yeah. that's important to know Yeah. because um, that's the benchmark of whether it's worthwhile or not. Uh, customer acquisition cost that's similar I guess it's the same sort of thing um, so that could that could be uh, broader so that might be um, rather than looking at a conversion event so a, a customer might have multiple conversions this is actually looking at customers as a whole so you might work out your entire spend on sales and marketing how many new customers you brought on and then similarly you might look at what is a custom, average customer lifetime value to you what's the lifetime value of a customer to you do they do they spend do they buy five things a year from you at a cost of a hundred dollars each time that's what it's worth and then you work out what it is you're willing to pay to acquire new customers hmm. all right uh a, a crm what's a crm nick uh a customer relationship and management system not to be mistaken with cms but no. it's something that, uh, for example, we use HubSpot internally, which is a way to manage, uh, manage your customer relations, yeah. I guess. So every, every inquiry that we get via the website, via my email, yeah. uh, even social media gets routed into HubSpot, our CRM. And there's a history of every interaction our business has had with that customer. And it helps us to, I guess, more accurately... Um, Give them, give these potential customers what they want, the information they need, yep. um, to touch base with them at the right time. Um, see how engaged your leads are with your they funnels are. and marketing. Give you know tasks for me to follow them up at certain times. Um, yeah, a really powerful tool, and you know any any sort of business that's got um, a, a a product or service that. The, the customer takes a fair bit of time researching. It's not just like something simple where like they look up, oh, okay, I need to get a plumber in to fix my hot water service. That's a simple, usually it breaks, they search, they buy. Yeah. But if it's something like uh, a website or an accountant, they're going to spend multiple stages researching. Um, and, you know, CRM is really handy when it comes to that. So you can nurture those people mm. whilst they're researching. An easy one for you. What is CSS? Uh, cascading style sheets, which is what I use every single day to make websites look good. And what, how does it work? What is it? What is, what is CSS? What goes into CSS? Uh, code. Code. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of things can you do? Like uh, I can make a button blue. Yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can make a background of the website yellow. Yeah. I can change a font size. I can. So if all the borders. code on, on the website is basically the words and all the different HTML tags. The CSS is what makes it look pretty, basically. Yeah, yeah. You tell it where to put images and all those sorts of things. Yeah. The HTML visuals. is the frame of a house and the CSS is the weatherboards and bricks. And mm. <laughs> uh, okay, moving on. What's dynamic content? This is, this is, I guess, what WordPress produces. Dynamic content is... Uh, da- it could be database-driven content, but it could be dynamic... 
um, based on um, where they live, where they live, yeah. whether they're logged into the website or not, whether they've bought something before. Yeah. It's basically the the back end or the code behind the scenes is deciding to spit out different content for the appropriate person. Mm. Um, okay. Popular one in the marketing world is ebooks. What are ebooks? Uh, e-book. Why are they so popular? I guess they're popular because generally they're free, so you can make a low-cost ebook. It doesn't need to be published through anyone. Yep. Uh, you can make it on many of systems online, and it's usually entice uses a, your visitors to click on it and subscribe. Sign up for something. Yeah. Yeah. It's usually used as a lead magnet to try and get someone's details, mm. and it's not that hard. You can actually just whip up, combine, you know, one or multiple blog posts, and just make it look nice in a PDF yeah. and call it an ebook. Yeah. Some um, ebooks are four pages long. Yeah. Some are a hundred. Absolutely. They yeah. don't need to they don't need to be um, you know, anything different to what you're normally publish, but just having something sort of tangible that someone can get in exchange yeah. for passing their details on it, it's quite an effective marketing strategy. All right. Um I'm gonna skip a couple here. Uh engagement rate. So in social media, the engagement rate is, I guess, you know, your your ad or your posts are going to be shown all the time, but whether or not people interact with it or not, whether they click it to view, uh, make the image larger, mm. whether they hit the like button, whether they comment, whether they share, all those things, any sort of interaction versus just scrolling on by um, will contribute to your engagement rate. So uh, it's something that everyone should be doing rather than just publishing it's the same old boring stuff. We want to be trying to pu- publish things that stop people in their tracks as they scroll down. Um, and then we measure that with the engagement rate. Mm. Now, evergreen content. Have you ever, have you been familiar with the term evergreen content? Yes. Go yes. on then. Give us your version of evergreen content. <laughs> uh, my version is something that you can blog about that is relevant and always stays relevant. Yep. So it might be... Um, how to optimize your website for SEO and yes. that would be the same thing that would run for five years and it'll just sit there and yeah. no matter when someone accesses it, it's always relevant. So it's not topical. It's not like no. Google just released the new algorithm and this is what you need to do. No, it's fairly broad, but it's niche. Yeah. No. So it's almost like it's not even a... Going back to the term blog, it's not like a blog. It's almost like a, just a, a resource piece Yeah. that um, you generally spend a lot more time on and a lot more effort on creating that content and you could... You could create an evergreen piece of content, try to get it to rank in Google for a, over a course of years, yep. but you can continue to grow it. You don't have to just leave it alone. You could actually modify, extend on it, uh, update it to the latest the latest uh, yep. views. Mm. Um, yeah, so evergreen content is actually a really good long-term component of SEO. And then you can package that up and put it in an ebook. Put it in <laughs> you could. You absolutely could. All right, um, uh, let's go with a form. A form is a basic thing on a website these days, but um, what are we using forms for mostly? Um, primarily contact forms, but you might have a um, subscription form to sign up to your newsletter. Lead generation, uh, lead generation sort of thing. Form, that, yeah. for that, in exchange for that ebook. Yeah. Um, so... It's the input field, so it's asking a bunch of questions. Yeah, first name, last name, email address, phone number. And it's a bit of a balancing act because you want to get as much data as you can out of somebody, but the more questions you ask, 
the less chance someone's going to fill it the out. The less chance they're yeah. going to fill it out. So you get a drop off there. So always ask the least amount you can get away with. Yep. But still be valuable. Mm. Hashtag. Simple. You're the hashtag king. I'll let you go for it. Oh, I'm the hashtag, <laughs> hashtag king. But um, <laughs> hashtags used on social media, used on Twitter. First brought out on Twitter, I believe. Um, mm. Instagram. Yep. Absolutely hopeless on Facebook. So don't ever use a hashtag on Facebook. It's a joke. Um, but important to find the hashtags that work for you and not be that generic um, <laughs> wannabe that uses all the, the big hashtags and gets all the all the random people liking their tags. I didn't even know you could do hashtags on Facebook. Didn't you? <laughs> no. <laughs> try I've it. never seen one. Yeah, try it. It's yeah, terrible right. though. No one uses it. No. Uh, HTML. Uh, yes, HTML. So as we were saying before, that's the uh, structure that we use to build out a website. Um, and then we use the CSS to make it look pretty. Without looking at your screen, what does HTML stand for? Uh, hypertext markup language. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you don't have to say it much. I, <laughs> full name. I often get one word in that wrong. <laughs> All right, inbound marketing. I might take that one. So inbound marketing. So traditional marketing or well, let's say marketing from a long time ago was that you would just get your message out as, and scream it at people, you know, shout mm. your message out, be on billboards, be on TV, be on radio and hope that people, you're interrupting them basically and then hope that they would come back uh, to help, hope that they would sort of, you know, trigger them to come to your business. Whereas inbound marketing is thinking about how you can solve people's problems, how you can actually, people that are looking for answers, how you can be there um, as they're coming into your, you know, the, so mm. the, the theory is you're attracting them in versus um, dragging them in. Um, so that's it's things like creating blog posts, video content, having all these things on your website. And I, I liken it to a fishing net. Um, yeah, you you have all net fishing nets. The more nets that you have, they might all be individual nets, but um, they might all be small, but you have lots and lots of nets um, the more fish you're likely to catch. So, uh, yeah, that's how I look at inbound marketing. Infographic. What's an infographic? Uh, an infographic is a way to visually represent a lot of data, I guess. Yeah. It's a good way to make it engaging. If you've got um, a lot of stats and things like that that you want to try and get across, you can whip it up in a nice little infographic and make it look nice I've got to be honest I've, I haven't done much in, I haven't created many infographics myself I haven't seen them for a while they were like popular for years but I think I, they're I feel still like popular they're, I think they're, I feel like they are still I popular. haven't seen one for ages but I remember seeing them every day mm. but I've never I've never used it for clients and I'm not really into creating them because I'm not as not much of an illustrator myself no. but no okay um well, I think that's it. We might hold it there. I reckon there's, we could go on. We might save the uh, the remainder of the alphabet for another podcast. Maybe do a part two next week. Part two of the dictionary of marketing terms. Um, so, yeah, please, if you liked this podcast, give it a like or give it a share or a review or whatever, whatever you can do for us on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. And, yeah, stay tuned. Hopefully, we're going to get some more uh, great guests in the coming weeks. We've got a couple lined up, but I won't reveal who they are just yet. And yeah, we'll see you in the next podcast. Thanks for listening. See ya. Bye.